Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Well, good afternoon. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show. So glad that you're here with me today. And we are talking about communication. Communication for success in love, life, and career. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary from the last uh, show that we did. So if you didn't get to hear last week's show, you may want to go to um, the radio station's website. And they can be downloaded as an iPod. Or you can listen to it on your computer. So this is... Um, this is communicating in all these different arenas. And what we're going to find is that if we get an idea, a basic idea of communication, they gen- and the, it generalizes to all areas of our lives. So this, it's interesting because truly 7% of all communication is words. So the words that we use are a very small part of that communication. Body language accounts for about 55% of it. And tone of voice, vocal inflection, hesitations, pacing, or these types of things that we call delivery, this accounts for about 38%. So again, the spoken word is only 7% of that total percentage of communication. So what we want to think about is this analogy of an iceberg, that words, the delivery, I mean, the, the, the words are kind of the tip of the iceberg, and underneath that iceberg is all that other way that we communicate. And so what we see is that these figures is that the verbal communication is considered an overt method. And the, the covert method is all that stuff underneath the tip of the iceberg. So it's imperative that when we're learning to communicate appropriately, that we learn to manage the overt part and the covert part of the communication process. Because I want there to be congruency. I want to be able to say what I mean and mean what I say. So I want the words I'm saying to actually say that. So when I say, I am very interested in you, I want all the rest of the communication, all that delivery, all that covert, all that nonverbal to match those words. So if I'm not understanding this, then I'm I'm gonna either be misunderstood or I'm gonna misunderstand another person. So as we discuss the, the overt covert phenomenon, I'm sure that you can relate to the word said one thing, but the way in which the information was communicated said something entirely different. Now, this is why it's imperative that we understand the the concrete, the overt part of the delivery and the way someone's experiencing us. So I'm sure you can think about, you know, the wink or the nod when you're talking with someone in the company of others or someone's, you're saying something and they look away or even that feeling that, you know, they're saying a really nice thing to me, but their tone is, is kind of sarcastic. And so you walk away from some of these types of interactions that are incongruent, feeling, you know, unsettled or a little suspicious, like, I don't really know if I can believe what they said. or I'm not really sure where they're coming from. And so we see some of this in, in childhood that we learn these different ways of communicating. And, 
you know, we have that famous saying, do as I say, not as I do. And that's a, a great way to explain that incongruent type of communicating, that what I'm saying is one thing, but what I'm doing is another thing. And so maybe we're in, in our families, we're taught not to trust our gut. So it may be that I look at my mom or I look at dad, I, you know, and I say, are, you know, you're mad. Are you mad at me? Or, or you're very mad. And they say, no, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. But you see them, you know, slamming doors and, and huffing and puffing all around the house, but they're denying the feeling. And so the words are not matching what you're seeing or experiencing. So we find these qualities of an individual who is truly being their own best version. And, and we talked about being your own best version, that, that what that means is that there's never an arrival. So when I'm being my own best version, I'm wanting to be the best version of myself at this point in my life. So one of the ways that we do that is we get more information and we learn. And so if I wasn't a very good communicator 10 years ago or last week even, maybe... I'm going to begin to implement some of these skills in this understanding, which will help me be a better version of me, one that's closer to the way that God originally created me to be. So what are the, some of the things I might say to myself to, not, to justify not communicating? And we talked last week about these things that you may truly relate to. It's like I might say to myself, you know, what's the point? It doesn't do any good to talk about negative things. I don't want to hurt anyone. I think if I tell them how I feel, they'll get their feelings hurt. Or it just makes it worse, or I complicate it if, if people try to talk about it. It gets too complicated. Or I might even say, you know, God or that other person, you know, they already know how I think and feel. Why do I need to tell them? They already know. Maybe I don't want to express myself because I'm afraid I'll be misunderstood. Maybe I've been misunderstood in the past. Maybe I'm not sure what I'm thinking or feeling. Maybe, maybe what's happened to me in the past is when I've tried to talk about how I feel or what I think or express my opinion, I've been mocked or, or people have scoffed at what I've said or they have minimized it, and, the, and they have truly invalidated it. And so what happens is I begin to say, well, then I'm just not going to communicate. But what we know is that humans are made to communicate. And so what's most important for us to establish is that communication skills we are discussing today. We want to really understand that they transcend all business, personal, and political arenas, friends and family. So this is because if I'm truly being my own best version, I'm going to be communicating in a very congruent way. And the best example we have of that is Christ. So he didn't employ a different skill set for all the different arenas he was speaking or interacting with. He was congruent, mature, operating out of love, and highly connected to his vision and purpose that his father created him to do. And so how does that translate to us? How do I become more congruent? Well, it means I need to be working on understanding my own internal world and being able to identify the difference between feelings and thoughts. Many times in, in sessions I'm with a client, I may be, I, they keep telling me what they're thinking, and I may have to redirect them and say, I under, I'm hearing what you're thinking, but I want to know how you feel about what you're thinking. And so I need to be willing to be authentic, honest, and transparent with God and myself. So this is imperative if I'm going to have good communication. I need to have intellectual and emotional honesty with myself. So if I'm denying to myself that, oh, I'm not angry, no, I don't feel that way, well, it's going to come out, and it's going to usually come out sideways. So I may say something sarcastically to somebody. I may go, man, I can't control my tone of voice. Or I may do something passive-aggressive like not return a phone call. 
because I don't want to tell them that I'm angry. And so they may be calling me and so I just don't return a phone call or I don't show up somewhere. And so if I'm not willing to be honest with myself, it will expose itself on the outside of me. So then I need to be also willing to be emotionally and intellectually honest with others. So what does this really truly mean to communicate? Well, we have to have a giver and a receiver. And we see that God communicates with us on an interpersonal level as well. And a lot of that, he used his written word to do that. And so what we talked about last time was that words are also very powerful and life-giving. However, timing and delivery is going to determine whether or not the effect is positive or negative. So that's one of those overt parts of the communication is timing and delivery. So what we find is that just as God revealed himself to us through his words, our words reveal who we are to others. So to summarize that last show, we were seeing the importance and the power of words as well as what they are for. And we know that humans are made in the image of God and he is the great communicator in both overt and covert ways. And so the overt method, that of using words, we, we saw three things, three reasons, three ways that words are used. The first one is that we are what we say. So the words reveal who we are. And this is seen in Jesus. He's being the word. The second way we see in Genesis that words were used to create something, whether that be a reality, a feeling, a teaching, a directive. So I'm using words to create something. I might want to create an atmosphere of acceptance, and the words that I use are going to help to do that. And lastly, the words are used to strengthen intimacy, to create connectedness, to know and be known. And so I use words to help you know who I am, and, I, and you use words so that I know who you are, and that's how we express our internal world. So we're going to talk about these five levels of communication, which will help us understand different types of communicating and when we're being emotionally, intellectually honest, how to do that. And so that we don't go straight down to complete 100% honesty. That may not be appropriate in whatever particular situation that we're in. So these, these levels, these five levels of interpersonal communication, they represent degrees of willingness. The degree of willingness that a person chooses in order to communicate or to allow himself to be known. So the first level, we have level five, and this is what we call cliche conversation. And this is the least level of willingness to disclose absolutely nothing and we did about ourselves, you know, unless it's by accident. Sometimes we, we reveal things that we didn't intend. And so this oftentimes, there's a great deal of hiding and avoiding at this level. At this, at this level, this is where we get, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Well, we're just kind of using these words to acknowledge one another. We're not revealing anything about ourselves. And so these are, these are the ways this particular level is, is the most shallow level that we could be at when it comes to intimacy and the words that we use. So we're going to do the, the, the next section. We're going to talk about the next four levels of communication and interpersonal communication and what those look like so that you know kind of where you're at and what's appropriate and how to have that deeper and more intimate communication. So again, we're using words in order to establish who we are and to be known by the other person. And we're also understanding that words are revealing 
who we are. So I'm going to give you again what these four, what these five levels are, and we will take it up again in this next section. We have level five, which is cliche conversation. We have level four, which is narrative conversations. This is we're talking about TV shows, we're gossiping. Level three is where we share ideas and opinions. That's more about thoughts. And when we get a little deeper, we're now at level four. This is where we start sharing our feelings and our interpersonal world. Level five, that's peak communication. That's where I am truly known by another. So this is Cynthia Hyatt in Conversations with Cynthia. Please join me in the next hour. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you so much for joining me. We are talking today about communication, how to have successful communication and the power of words, and how words create and establish something. Words reveal who we are, and words are intended to help us be known and known by and know another person. So there's three ways that we use words. And, and those, those ways that we use words afford different levels of communication, which are part of, a, a part of intimacy. And so when I'm using words, I know that words have to be used in order to establish intimacy. And words are what we talked about was the overt. That's the tip of the iceberg. It's the delivery. The covert is all those other things underneath that tip of the iceberg that actually either support the words I'm speaking or they they cause that, that, um, th- those words I'm speaking to be disempowered by a lack of congruency. And so we talked about congruency and how important it is that I have congruency and in- emotional, intellectual honesty in order for me to be a really good communicator. So we left talking about that first level of interpersonal communication, and that is cliche conversation. This is where I'm really revealing nothing at all about myself. And so I'm just saying, hi, how are you? I'm fine. I'm exchanging salutatory, uh, expressive ways of saying hello. And so I'm not really saying anything. And I may be joking around. I may be um, commenting on the weather, these types of things. This is more level five communication. And it's a great starting point. So if I'm just meeting somebody, I'm probably going to start here. And we'll see how far down we go, how deep the conversation becomes. So level four, this is what we call narrative conversations. And many people hide behind narrative conversations. This is where I'm talking about TV shows. Um, I'm not revealing anything about myself. And what we see is this level is very superficial, very shallow, and deceptive in terms of its, its, uh, its intimacy. And so this is also where we are gossiping. And this can be an, a, a very... Um, tempting place to stay because we are sharing intimate things about other people. So we can feel like we're really close to the person that we're talking to, but we're sharing about other people. We're not sharing about ourselves. And so these, these different levels of intimacy are, are one of the things that are helping us get outside of our internal world. And so we have the next level, and this is going to be level four as we're talking 
And, and I like this verse. It's uh, Proverbs 26, 22, and it says, Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. Do you want junk like that in your belly? So what that tells us, what God is revealing to us is, it's okay to do some narrative conversing. You know, talking about the last movie I saw or a funny story that happened at the mall or, you know, we love to talk about our pets and tell funny pet stories. And so it's okay to have narrative communication because it just kind of creates some connectedness. But if we slip into gossip and we stay there, we're going to get really sick in our soul because we're going to have a false sense of intimacy. And Satan would love us to stay at that level because it also erodes systems or, or families or organizations that we are in because it creates a very unsafe atmosphere, which causes people to not go any deeper in communication. So level three, this is like what we would call, it's kind of talk radio. That's where we, that's where we say it's all the opinions and the thoughts that we have. It's lecturing, it's, it's disseminating information, it's giving a directive. And so this, is, this level is more about ideas. It's a little bit more personal because we're, we're telling what we think, we're telling what our opinions are, but we're still sensing, censoring and guarding. Because this, this level of, of information doesn't consist of unique disclosures. See, the information shared is primarily opinions and judgments. So I'm going to tell you my ideas, but I still remain censored because I might not, I don't tell you why I have that opinion, the feelings behind that opinion. I might not talk about the passion about it, but I will tell you all of my opinions and my ideas. So it is more of a narrative. Level, level two, as we're getting deeper, this is what we call gut-level communication. This is generally considered friendships. And because we're sharing our feelings at a gut level. So this is our unique experience of our feelings. What we find here is that if we get, if we get to this, this level two of gut-level communication that happens with friends and spouses, lovers, if we introduce... That, that second level, level four, and gossip, this is how we erode those, those intimate relationships. So we see many times in families, we have families that are notorious for gossiping, and we don't think we're gossiping. We think we're just sharing information about each other and keeping each other in the loop. But we may be expressing that information that we know about that other person in the family and then giving our thoughts and opinions on it. And so we're not disclosing anything about ourselves and how we feel. And so it's, a, it's important that we, when we are doing gut-level communication that we protect that, that that needs to be a very safe place. And so as we go to the, the deepest one, this is level one, and this is what we call peak communication. And this is deep and authentic. It's based on transparency, complete transparency. And it's a basic human need to feel connected, known, and understood and accepted. And so this is where I'm really sharing my heart. I'm sharing my, my hopes, my dreams on a, on a more personal manner in terms of what my feelings are about it, my fears, my insecurities, whatever um, mistakes. Maybe I, I share something that's shameful that, that I'm embarrassed about. This is where maybe I'm confessing sins to somebody. And so it's imperative that when we are in this level that we are highly protective of that and we are not allowed any judgment, condemnation at all. So it's always very hurtful when you think you're at gut level with somebody or a peak communicating process 
And that person goes back to level three and they start to be narrative and they start to give opinions and judgments and, uh, and they start directing or guiding and giving, giving instruction. And so this is why we want to be very careful in understanding what we're doing. And usually when we are not able to get to this level two and level one, it's because we haven't been honest with ourselves. Because it requires a very authentic person to be communicating at that level. So in this next uh, segment coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about these different levels. And I'm going to give you a little bit more information so that we understand these different levels of communication so that we do them appropriately. So I really appreciate you listening today. And in this next, uh, I want to again reiterate that if you didn't hear the first show, which was kind of the, the beginning foundation of all that we're talking about today, you might want to go to the, the radio station on the, um, the website, their website, and you can download this and listen to it on, an iPod, on your iPod or smartphone, or you can listen to it on the computer. So I encourage you to do that as we are talking about communication. So again, we have what, what is the reason for words? And we have one, they reveal who we are to other people, to ourselves, the way I think, the way I feel. So the words reveal who I am. And the second one is they establish something. So just as we said, when we are in these different levels of communication, my words establish what that level is. So if I'm establishing a level three, which is narrative and opinions, that's what I'm going to talk about. If I'm trying to establish gut level, I'm going to be talking more about my feelings. So thanks again for joining this segment. Please rejoin me in a couple of minutes, and we will look forward to a deeper conversation about these communication with words and the power that they have. Hello, this is Cynthia with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad you joined me. And we are talking about communication. And in the last segments, we were talking about the five levels of interpersonal communication and, and what each of those levels is and how to make sure that we make each level safe. And so we were talking about the first level, which is cliche. And this is, you know, we're just giving, we're talking about the weather or we're just saying, hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Good to see you. And so we're not revealing anything at all about ourselves. So that's, le that's level one. I mean, I'm sorry, that's level five. So level four, that's going to be what we call more narrative. And this is where we are doing things like gossip. We're talking about TV. We're talking about movies. And so the narrative level can be a, a great way to start getting to deeper levels. But if we stay gossiping, we can get this great false sense of intimacy because we're talking about intimate things, but we're not talking about our own intimate things. And so it can be very destructive to relationships, to family systems, to organizations, if all we're doing as a way to connect is gossiping about one another. So that left us um, on level three, and this is ideas and judgments. And this is where we're talking about more thoughts. We're sharing our opinions. We're sharing our ideas. But we're not necessarily sharing feelings at this point. And so this is where... I'm, this, this is where the subject of the conversation is going to be something that is, um, that is more concrete. 
And so even if I'm talking about ideas, I'm not going to be talking about my ideas in terms of how vulnerable I may be toward that idea. So when we get down to this, to this level two, which is gut level, this is where I'm sharing feelings. And it may not occur to many of us that once we've revealed our ideas and judgments and decisions, this is the level three, there is really a lot much, there's a lot more to that person. And actually the things that most clearly differentiate and individuate me from others that make the communication of my person unique and the knowledge of, of, of the uniqueness of who I am is my feelings and my emotions. So if I really want you to know who I am, I must tell you about my gut level, what's in, what's in my stomach, in my heart, and as well as my head. But the feelings that lie under my ideas and judgments and convictions are uniquely mine. And so no one experience, experiences may, precise, may give me a precise sense of frustration. And, and I'm laboring under those fears and those feelings and my passions. And am I willing to tell someone that? So it's these feelings on this level of communications, which I must share with you if I'm to tell you who I really am. If I'm going to tell you only the contents of my mind, I'm going to be withholding a great deal about myself, especially in those areas where I'm uniquely, personally, more individual and much more deep, uh, the deepest part of me. So most of us feel that others will not tolerate such emotional honesty and communication. So we'd rather defend our dishonesty on the grounds that it might hurt others. And we talked about that in the last show of what causes, causes me not to communicate. And that may be that I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But what we see is that there's these ideas and judgments and opinions are above the line and below the line is my feelings. Am I willing to go below the line? And so if, if I use that dishonesty, if I use that emotional dishonesty with myself and tell myself all those reasons why not to share or minimize my own feelings or judge my own feelings, then what's going to happen is it's going to destroy that authentic communication. That's what we want in our friendships and in our marriages, in our families. So we, then what happens is consequently we ourselves, we don't grow, nor do we help anyone else grow. So meanwhile, we have to live with repressed emotions. And we talked about the danger of repressed emotions and how sick those can make our soul. So any relationship which has to have that true personal encounter must be based on this honest, open, gut-level communication. The alternative is I remain in my own prison and endure an inch-by-inch inch death as a person. Because what we talked about is if I don't communicate, I die. And so even if communicating makes me feel like I might die because it's so scary and it's so hard to do and it's complicated and people might judge me and not like me and what if it ruins that relationship? What I say to people is if, if communicating is going to ruin the relationship, then what relationship do we have? Because it must be, it must be already dead because we, we realize that words bring life and they can also bring death. So it's imperative that we're working on, when, when we're working on this level two, this gut level communication, that we are not judging ourselves as well. The more my internal world is in order and I have no judgment and no condemnation of myself and I am safe with myself and with God to communicate what I really feel and what my, what my gut level world is like, then I'm going to be safer for that other person to communicate in the same way. 
So join me in the last hour, last part of this hour. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you again for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking about communication. And where we left off, we were talking about the five levels of interpersonal communication. And we were talking about the first one, which is that just cliche, I'm just talking about the weather, or saying hi, how are you? And the second one is that narrative place where we're talking about movies or sharing funny pet stories. Uh, also, this is the area that we gossip. And... Satan would love us to stay stuck in that, that level of interpersonal communication because it, it gives me this false sense, sense of intimacy. See, when I'm gossiping about people, what I'm doing is I'm talking about very intimate things, but I'm not talking about my own personal intimate things. So I can give myself this feeling that I'm really close. But if you've ever gossiped a lot, you know you start to feel this kind of unsafe feeling like, who can you trust? Because you can be assured that if you're gossiping about somebody and they're gossiping with you, they're probably gossiping about you as well. And so this gossip erodes systems, and it's like a cancer to a group. So we have to be very careful that we don't get caught up in gossip, and we need to be constantly checking ourselves about that. Well, then we talked about that level three, and that's, um, that's ideas and judgments, and that's where we are kind of Um, We are willing to express thoughts and we are willing to express opinions about things, but we're not going to be talking necessarily about our feelings about those opinions or those ideas. So then we get to level two, and that's the one where we're talking about gut level communication. This is where I'm actually revealing my feelings and I'm talking about what's going on with me in my internal world. or I'm talking about how I felt about an experience I had. And so this level has the potential to create great connectedness. This is, this is where friendships usually are, and this is where marriages are. This is where we, we may have that um, with members of our family. And this level, when we're talking about these feelings, we have to be very careful that we don't jump into the higher level. If someone's telling me their feelings, I can't jump back up into Level, level three, and give them all my opinions and my ideas and my judgments about what they're feeling. Because that's part of what is so damaging. This is one of the reasons that we shy away from this gut level communication. We may not have had very good experiences with it in the past. And then we talked about the level one, and that is peak communication. And peak communication occurs when I am truly intellectually and emotionally honest with myself with God and with another person. And this is, a, this is not um, a level that we are able to maintain on, on an ongoing basis. We are just, as human beings in a sinful world, we are not able to necessarily stay at that level with people. But it is a phenomenal experience when we get to that level of authenticity. So we're going to talk for a few minutes about the rules for gut-level communication, because if we can do we can make gut level communication a safe level then we can get down to that first level which is where god truly intended for humans to live and that's that peak level so the first one when it comes to gut level communication we must never imply judgment of another's intentions or motives 
or their feelings so that my feelings don't become an issue when they're trying to share. So when someone's sharing their feelings with me, I'm not going to begin judging why they're feeling what they're feeling, and I'm not going to put intent behind it. So if they're, if they're saying to me, well, I feel really, really angry about what so-and-so did, and I start to go to this judging place of, well, you know, it, is it something that you did? You probably, you, know, you probably should have said this, this, or that. And instead of hearing the feelings... I'm now judging why they're feeling what they're feeling. Or I'm trying to talk them out of it. Or I'm trying to shut it down. Or I'm trying to, to narrate for them. Or I'm trying to give them some religious platitude about what they should be feeling or shouldn't be feeling. Because what we want to remember about feelings, feelings are neither right or wrong, they just are. And one of the things that's so imperative when I talk to people about feelings is I, I want to remind them that we don't choose our feelings. I choose my thoughts. This is why God is constantly telling me to take captive every thought and to be transformed by the renewing of my mind because he knows that thoughts lead to feelings. Thoughts can also intensify or increase or decrease a feeling. But the feeling, the original feeling, occurred. I didn't make it happen. If I could, I would be happy all the time if I could choose my feelings. What I can do, though, is work on how I manage that feeling. So what I do with the feeling, that may be a moral issue. So we are never to judge someone's feelings, and we are never to minimize them. We have to remind ourselves that our feelings, one of the reasons we get our feelings hurt is because our feelings are a large part of our identity. So when someone judges my feelings or minimizes them or generalizes them or, 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 gives, or placates me, see, that's painful because it's about me, truly about me. My thoughts, we can change. I mean, I, I might get offended if you don't like my opinion, but that's different than really getting my feelings hurt about me. So it's imperative that when we are at gut level communication, that we do not have judgment, that we have complete acceptance. So if they talk about what they did because of their feelings, then we may want to discuss some of that at some point. So the second rule for gut level communication is that the actions, again, are judged as right or wrong not moral, and, and not the feelings being moral or immoral. So the next one, number three, we, feelings must be integrated with the intellect and the will. Otherwise, we will repress our emotions or we will lie about them. Now, what that means, if, I, if I'm to be able to have gut-level communication, they have to be integrated with the whole part of me. So I have to be able to discuss what I think about my feelings and I have to understand that my will is involved in that whole entire process. Because otherwise, I'm going to want to just repress them. And we know that when we repress feelings, we become emotionally very sick. And they start to become a disease. They start to infect our very soul. So in gut-level communication, fourth one here, this fourth rule, is that my emotions must be reported to a trusted friend using I statements. And this is when we're working on interpersonal communication. And I'm wanting to share my feelings. I always want to use an I statement. And so I use an I statement, and then I talk about the behavior. So if I'm saying to somebody, um, maybe let's say I'm frustrated because they're chronically late, I might say to them, you know, I feel hurt or I feel disrespected. I feel unloved when you are late. This is, this is one of the ways I help that person not to be defensive. So I'm not saying to them, 
you know, you're such an irresponsible person. You're late all the time. You're such a disrespectful person because you're so late. I don't think you care, but you're so thoughtless. See, those are, those are creating judgments. That's not really talking about how I feel. What I feel is hurt or I feel invalidated or I feel unimportant. And so when we're talking at a gut level, we need to take responsibility for the feeling that we are having and not accusing them. And so when I'm doing gut level communication, I'm saying, I feel when you do, and then I'm going to tell them what I need. So I may say to them, you know, I, I, I need you to work. I need you to work on time because I'm feeling frustrated and that's getting in the way of our relationship. Because when we repress feelings and we don't talk about those negative feelings, we end up creating walls in our relationships. And I'm sure you've experienced those. And those walls lead to distancing. And so it's impossible to have intimacy when we are withholding information that's important to that relationship. So number five, in general, my feelings should be reported at the time I experience them so that I don't repress them or minimize. But, but we know as adults, we can't always express every feeling that we have exactly in the time that it happened. So we may need to suppress them, which means that I know that they're there and I'm putting them aside so that I can find the appropriate time. Because remember, we talked about words, delivery and timing are, the, are, are what is necessary for them to have a positive effect. So I want to make sure that I'm not repressing them and denying them and going into my own emotional dishonesty. But I also want to practice timing when I'm saying it. So dishonesty always has a way of coming back to haunt us. So if I want your friendship, I must be ready to accept you as who you are. If either of us comes up to the relationship without this determination of mutual honesty and openness, then there can be no friendship. There can be no growth. There can only be a subject-object kind of thing that's typified by adolescent bickering, pouting, jealousy, anger, these kinds of things. So when we were talking about the rules, that, that rules for gut-level communication we were talking about, needing to express when we're having feelings when they're happening. Well, we want to remember that as, as adults, we can't be talking about our feelings all the time. We can't be just telling our feelings to everybody all the time. That's not the type of intimacy we're talking about. And I need to do, I absolutely need to practice timing because part of, of having this emotional atmosphere with someone that's safe is about creating that safety, also creating it with words. So when I'm doing this gut level communication and I'm not employing judgment or dishonesty, I want to make sure that I'm able to tell the person what's bothering me. So I need to try to outgrow this adolescent part of me that wants to just act out my feeling and externalize my feeling versus verbalizing it appropriately. I want to, I want to also grow out of an immature way of thinking that thinks that somebody should know something and, and why do I have to tell them? That can't they see it's obvious? Can't they see that I'm having this feeling? And so I also want to make sure that, that these feelings that I'm expressing are truly honest with myself. Because many times we will, we will want to say that if I'm angry, I want to say that I'm just sad. And men, many times when they are angry, it might be that the feeling beneath it is more like hurt. And so it's imperative 
that I'm I'm practicing that emotional honesty with myself and God. One of the ways that I do that is I'm is I may want to do some journaling because journaling is a great way for me to figure out what I'm really feeling. So the important part, the benefits of this gut level communication, the obvious and primary benefit of it is is a real and authentic relationship. And we have a really true encounter with the person. And not only is there a mutual communication of persons and the consequent sharing and experiencing of personhood, but it will also result in a more clearly defined sense of self-identity for myself. And so this is one of the ways I also get to know myself. By knowing you, by knowing God, I also get to know myself. So let's summarize this a little bit as we come to the end of the show and realize that there are power in words and that my words create an atmosphere that either make it safe to share at a gut level or make it very unsafe. I also realize that I have to have emotional and intellectual honesty. I need to know who I am in order to be able to have that gut level communication. It also helps me to know that even if I'm not talking at a gut level, that I'm doing appropriate to the person that I'm talking with. Because maybe that person doesn't have the ability to go that deep. Well, I need to be able to gauge that. So when I'm practicing listening in any of these levels of communication, I want to make sure that I'm practicing nonverbal cues and I'm aware of what my body is telling that person. I'm aware of what my facial expression is. I'm aware of my vocal inflection and my tone of voice. I'm aware of my intensity. And I'm making sure that I'm not doing the interrupting and distracting behaviors. And that I'm saying to them, this is what I heard you say. And I'm asking them maybe to repeat back what I said so I know that we're hearing what each other is saying. And so as we, as we move forward in relationship and intimacy, let's remind ourselves that words were the original thing that created and that words reveal who I am. And I want to practice saying what I mean and meaning what I say. And I want to realize that people are very tender regardless of how strong they are and that words either create life or death for them. So thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I look forward to see uh, talking to you next has been encouraging, week. motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at kpxq1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.